0: Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to EvolveMembers.com, where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services, and also information on our forthcoming events. For now, though, let's get on with the show. My guest this week is Trevor Meriden, founder and MD of Meribor Media, as well as a thought leadership expert and mentor to business startups. A self-proclaimed word and numbers nerd, Trevor has also written three high-profile business books and in his spare time founded and presented a radio show for startups and SMEs called The Business. We've all heard the term thought leadership before, but how many of us know its origins? What is it exactly? And how can you use it effectively to drive your content marketing? As I've just said, Trevor is considered an expert on the subject, and I was thus keen to get him on the show to expand my understanding around thought leadership, as well as hear Trevor's backstory and the journey that has led him to express an unwavering commitment towards strong professional and personal values. Enjoy the show.
1: welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. It's a, delight, it's a delight to be here and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah I'm really looking
0: forward to our conversation on things like thought leadership, content, ethics in business and all of those kind of things but you've had a really interesting personal journey to get to the point where you have been running yeah. Mary Ball Media for over nine years now but for our listeners tell them a little bit of a potted history of your background Trevor.
1: Well, I, I'll try and keep it sort of reasonably concise and and clear. But, but um, I mean, to start with, I mean, when I started my career, I was before I was ever um, a, a, a kind of words nerd, which is kind of what I do now, I was a numbers nerd. And I worked as an economist at the Bank of England. Uh, and then I realised through Uh, writing for sort of uh, 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 publications like the Bank's Quarterly Bulletin, that there weren't a lot of people around who were good at telling stories around numbers and particularly economic numbers. So I became an economic journalist after I'd spent four happy years at the bank. Um, I realised I didn't want to stay in banking, so I I went and became an economic journalist. I worked at The Economist Group Um, and then I thought, well, actually, I'd like to um, go into sort of mainstream business journalism. So I had a very lucky break i'd knocked on the door of, of business journalism for a while and eventually i was i was uh, somebody who opened the door was somebody who had not had the sort of conventional upbringing in mm. um, journalism them themselves hadn't started off intending to be a journalist and, and neither had i um he was actually a, a guy from sort of venture capital who'd become an editor of a magazine called management's day and so he kind of took me under his wing and and found me quite useful i think because i was i was the guy in a sea full of arts-based graduates who as a, as a sort of uh um as a sort of economics and stats uh graduate i always used to run towards the numbers you know where when surveys mm-hmm. came into the office uh, i used to run towards them and everybody else used to run away from them so i sort of wrote them all up yeah. and and i kind of carved a niche and i went from that from a editing a dot com uh, uh, title in the early 2000s it was dot com boom mm-hmm. and then it was dot com bust, bust but, yeah. but, but at the end of all that the, the publishing house said well you know this was a market that was out of control and we think you did quite well we're going to put you on this uh nice magazine called hr magazine so i i then edited that magazine and it was sort of nice people 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 you know and and they were yeah. just and they were just had some great stories to tell and i love that and i love i've loved then and I love now all the subjects around leadership management um you know and and and, manage, and development of people and i just loved writing about that as much as i like being a journalist if you like so i thought that if i want to carry on doing that i've got to stay in the subject matter and and so i did this in various ways i went off and became a director of pr business which specialized in that and we grew that business from about a million to three million and so i was very proud of that but at the end of the day i wanted to run my own business and okay. so i kind of found this middle world between the worlds of journalism, where journalists are great at writing things, but not very good sort of consultants, if you like, you know, because yeah. they're looking for their headline and their story and then they move on to the next thing. And the world of PR, where, where people are great consultants, but the PR world was changing and, and they didn't have a lot to sell you know the world of PR because a lot of people are doing their own PR through social media and so yeah. on so I found this world in the middle you know which is called content which is now a much more familiar term than it was sort of 10 years ago and it used to mean words but yeah. uh, but now it means all sorts of things you know so so I found this well and and my specialism within that has been in the field of thought leadership where I'm I'm back in a way turned full circle you know to to write you know you give me a piece of research and I write it up and or I or I, I Try and understand what a business's concepts are, try and relate them to their outside world, and just uh produce a bit of thought leadership. That's a very long answer to your very No, it's good. Your it's your a very, very good potted <laughs> history. It's a very good potted history now, don't worry. And, and an interested, you know, a words
0: <laughs> nerd and a numbers nerd. See, I'm a numbers nerd. I don't right. I can't do words. So I, I'm a numbers nerd, but to be both is a talented man, Trevor. So um, and it's interesting as you sort of tell that story you come down in the end to content and to this term thought leadership and I think we all hear that term thought leadership and that content should be you know good content does you know is drive that kind of whole thought leadership piece but for you therefore how would you define thought leadership and what's its ultimate purpose in terms of content
1: um, well, I mean, thought leadership, if you want my kind of dictionary definition of it, if we start with that, which, you know, so I would say that thought leadership is all about unlocking knowledge within people and within businesses and expertise, and this expertise, for, you know, um, to be positioned as a trusted source. Uh, and the point of it is to provide a sort of a perspective that others then want to act upon um, and do something about. Um, it's a really old um, uh, term. I hadn't realised this when I first started. Uh, well, I started working in this area and then I thought, well, I, if I'm going to work in it, I need to do a bit of research. Hmm. In it. And I, and <laughs> I found out that thought leader was actually a term used in the in the 19th century in America. And it originally referred to um, the enlightened views of those favouring the abolition of slavery, you know, so it okay. goes, back to, goes back way into the sort of into the 19th century. Then it becomes in a business sense, it was kind of used, uh, by a guy called Joel Kurtzman, who was the editor-in-chief of uh, a magazine called Business and Strategy, and and he sort of popularised this term. It became a bit too popular um, mm-hmm. in a way because everybody started saying, "Oh, I'm a thought leader." Oh yeah, me too. I'm a thought leader. And what happened was that they became thinly disguised sales pitches without any sort of real thought <laughs> yeah. in the in there. And so, and and I think what's what's happened now is is that. We've we've kind of reached a kind of renaissance, certainly in terms of the interest in thought leadership, um, where this thing I said in the in, in the in, in the early bit about providing valuable perspective for others to act upon, has has come back because we're now in a world where so much uncertainty. You know, people aren't sure, you know, what to do about, you know, their workforces, you know, um, about about the way they're going to um, you know organize themselves structurally as businesses. And so on. there are so many uncharted territories. And you could sit there on one hand and just say, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and the other hand, you could say, well, I think I've got an intelligent guess, an insight that I can make. There is a sort of a ripe area. And also the whole models of buying and selling are, are changing. Mm. and uh, And so that means that in the gap there has to come something that's you we don't meet up enough you know um these days in terms of face to face versus virtual and in the absence of that you sell things to people or you decide you want to buy things by by some of the intelligence and 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 thought that they put into what they say yeah
0: so you're you're saying a renaissance as a result of the pandemic would you in to content okay.
1: absolutely yeah yeah. I, and, I, I, and, yeah go on sorry
0: and in terms of that whole piece around you know content that is thought leadership and when I think about content and thought leadership I think about white papers and Mm. that kind of thing what forms do you think you know thought leadership does take in a modern world
1: to be honest with you it could take any form I mean you could have something that was just as you know on my specialism is is that you know that you described Mm. is is in terms of writing papers but in writing, you know, my own, I, I wrote a paper recently, a, a, a thought leadership paper on thought leadership, and 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 in that, I was one of the points I was trying to make is that, is that it's not something where someone sits around for hours on end and furrows their brow and thinks very deeply about something, then there's a little light bulb moment, and and then they and they write it all down and they're hailed as a genius for their for their thoughts. It can be it can be very short and to the point it doesn't have to be written, it could be visual or audio or any Mm -hmm. other kind of of the many formats that are sort of uh, um, there and available. Um, So it's not so much around the length, although, you know, when you're talking about complex issues, you probably need a bit more time to explain an argument Mm -hmm. or why you think certain certain ways. So it's it's much more about um, uh, about the. Um, about the, the value of the point that you're trying to put a, across and placing yourself in the in if you're in a commercial environment putting yourself in the in 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 the shoes of your of your buyer um, and understanding their world and the issues that they face if you haven't got a if you're not in a commercial world and you are genuinely saying something sort of uh, that you you feel that's fine but you still need to make it relatable in some way so it's not so much about length uh, or the form um, it's much more about whether it actually resonates with the people who are receiving it,
0: and it and therefore it really does also need to have some form of prediction or opinion in it to make it and define it as a thought leadership piece and a meaningful bit of content.
1: Trevor, uh, um, it, it 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 needs it in a sense of. Um... I I mean, I'd say it depends on the type of the type of uh, thing like, you know, the world's problems are complex at the moment. Mm. So so that's the first thing to say. So anybody who says I have all the answers by myself, you know, you you, I'd hesitate before you, you listen much further in terms of what they're of what they're saying. So. Predictive, yes, in the sense that I've got part of the answer to this. You know, mm. yes, of course. You yeah, know that that's fine, but 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 the best thought leadership now is the thought leadership that says we're going on this journey of discovery. This is what we've found so far, and you know, and we welcome your your input, and you know, we want you to collaborate with us in actually sort of helping make, go go further, because because you'll see in almost everything you see in beta testing and technological products, mm. you see it in all sorts of ways. That the people who kind of produce something, you know, without really kind of engaging in the outside world and do, having a big ta-da moment, if you like, on their thought leadership, uh, and and then nobody takes the blind bit of notice, you know, that that yeah. that is a very sad thing to see. So, you know, it, it's you you really need to be engaged and learning and developing yourself as you're producing the thought leadership. So, when you ask me about predictive, yes, it it can it should be predictive and and can be in terms of pointing the way, but it shouldn't pretend that it's got all the answers
0: right but yeah it should create engagement uh,
1: yes I think that's its that,
0: purpose that, yes really.
1: yes it and it adds value you know and perspectives for you know others to act on even if that acting on is is getting to the is to the point of saying of engaging with the person who who wrote mm. the material or, or or did the video or whatever it happens to be and do you think it applies in all sectors and industries I think some more than others Um, you know funnily enough um, you know some of the uh, the the areas where you might think that thought leadership would be super you know fertile if you like sort of uh, you know are things where a lot of people sit around a lot of the time and sort of thinking about concepts and terms and and so on and I'd actually say that's quite a crowded marketplace Mm. and um, and that sometimes you can just join the bandwagon and, and just sort of you know, um, find ways of saying similar things to, 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 to everyone else. I personally find the more interesting areas, some of those areas, the, the new technology areas. And, and one of the reasons that is, is is that is that the more complicated the technology is, the more you have to make an effort to to explain it, you know, sort of yeah. simply and directly and clear, clearly. And, and so I think there's, there's a premium on clarity. There's also a shortage of good thought leadership yeah. in that in that area.
0: Okay and then moving on generally to think about content one of the things that you that is on your website and I really like this in terms of you know the you called it the uh, Mary Bourne uh, formula which is business clarity equals clever content plus engaged community so maybe you should just talk about those two terms for you I suppose clever content means thought leadership pieces does it?
1: Yes, it it, it does. I mean, um, but it it doesn't have to just mean that it can mean sort of, you know, blogs that really hit the spot are topical and relevant. Again, it's within the eyes of the audience. You know, it's like, you know, how is the audience receiving that? So it's it's clever. uh, It's clever, not in the sense that it's um, I've just read this and I think that person who wrote it is a clever so-and-so it's it's actually much more about do i find this relatable has this kind of struck a chord with me has it made me think you know uh not just that's interesting but i've got to do something about this and and even better would be i've got to do something about this now and um, the engaged communities in the equation you know clarity equals you know clever content plus engaged communities you you could be as clever as you like you know but 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 if your communities aren't engaged if you're not connected in some way in terms of spreading that information then um, then then you know obviously you have a very sort of poor poor amplification on that and I think one of the two there's two real challenges in content Um, those are that people I think consistently people and businesses consistently Mm -hmm. underestimate the power of their own expertise and, and 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 think the, what they know and what they say probably somehow already known and they underestimate that other people aren't sitting around thinking about it in the way that they're thinking about it and so yeah. one of the challenges to get it out yeah you know, so that's the content bit so yeah sometimes i help people get it out of themselves and sometimes i uh, they want to do it but i i help them sort of refine what they're saying and in yeah. the engaged communities is is what do you do with that content once you've once you have yeah, got how it. do you and, use yeah, it yeah. How, do, how do you use it and i think a lot of people again underestimate that if you have a, a piece of content or some interesting thoughts on a subject that you can use it in lots of different ways and and it, there's no crime in repurposing
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: sort of and repackaging a lot of that content consistent underestimation on both those things um clarity on the other side of the equation is that it all begins with clarity if you like you know that that if you for all sorts of reasons both externally in exter- understanding your marketplace um, you know you are researching into a particular area internally you know if you've ever worked in a sort of larger than sort of family-sized organization you 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 will not be surprised at the scope for misunderstanding between people <laughs> who are selling the same thing about what that thing is and 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 how to describe it and how to how to talk about the issues affecting their mm. their buyers it's amazing I think that the lack of internal clarity sometimes yeah and 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 thoughtfully clever content engaged communities, are are at their best when um, when when there is a you know clear and honest conversation within businesses, you know that are driving that, that drives the, the clarity of that. Finally, if you're clear internally and you've got an understanding of them externally, then you're going to make commercial gains. That people will think, even if they don't want to buy something from you now, they will think if ever I need a whatever it is, then yeah. I'm going to go to those guys. You know, so it's it's an yeah. it, issues issues based content. Like that is is what is what I think makes the difference. So brilliant,
0: yeah. You make a strong case for it, and I, I do agree with you. <laughs> and, um, and um, but how do you then feel about a lot of businesses that are perhaps moving away from the longer pieces and perhaps some sort of you know they might not term it, but the thought leadership pieces and and the, the opinion pieces and perhaps moving onto you know LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and just doing trying to do snappy, funny bits of content, nearly. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, the world is sort of shifted, hasn't it? And so, what's your opinion of that general so- social world, I suppose? And ha- the, the
1: the first thing I'd say about that is it's not necessarily a contradiction because because don't confuse don't confuse the message with the medium. If you like, yeah. you know, um, a lot of you know, I mean, the thing I was saying just now about repurposing content um, is 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 true. But the, the other way of looking at it is if you do a piece of long thought leadership first then you've thought around a lot of issues. You've also then got many pieces of short content mm-hmm. that could derive out of that. So you've got a you know, strategy or, you know, or or something around your, you know, from a thought leadership paper and that the short, things that emerge from it could be used in, in social media. You could use it in a different form, a, a sort of form, you know, sort of, yes, more visual, you know, sort of snappier, yeah. you know, funny little gifs or whatever. You know, you 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 want they've got nothing against those at all. You know, I mean, in fact, they really serve their purpose. But if you start off with the short things, you know, then in a way, what you're doing is saying, let's just use a bunch of tactics to to get a point across. Um, but you haven't necessarily had a strategic conversation. That strategic conversation doesn't have necessarily have to result in thought leadership, but you need to understand the bigger picture of where you are. If you are just, just simply just doing, you know, a whole series of short, bite-sized things without any sort of deeper thought in that, then I think you perhaps are, you risk missing something in terms of the clarity with which yeah. you are are speaking in the longer term
0: yeah okay and i get that i get that if you start with the larger piece you get the consistency don't you, you get your message you're more yeah, strategic yeah, and yeah. then the repurposing of content i mean it's yeah. a very clever thing that you know content marketers do all the time but it is it's yeah. so powerful isn't it because yeah, yeah. you can get that multi-use and you're not always having to reinvent uh yeah. the wheel i yeah. suppose one of those things that you talked about when we we're just talking about the formula is a lot of perhaps business owners business leaders don't actually understand that you know to them it's not rocket science so they kind of demean it Mm. how do you go about getting that kind of valuable thought leadership content you know that real meaningful uh, knowledge from some of your clients that you can then build on and allow them to develop into a proper piece
1: okay so so I, you know, it usually starts with me, you know, so I'll have a conversation where uh, let's ta- let's take an example for, of, say, a business leader of a, a small to medium sized enterprise. Mm. You know, so maybe they've got about 100 people and, you know, they're, they're 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 sort of they're busy rushing around. They maybe they founded the business and and, and so they've got the whole concept and the vision and the purpose in their minds and you know to greater or lesser extent the people in their business you know have got have got a part of the picture you know they sort of understand and and the conversation would normally would go something like this that you know a marketing director from that business would get in touch with me and say look yeah we like what you did with that other business you know um can you can we have a conversation uh, about this and i and i would say well what are you trying to achieve and um classic consultancy question yeah <laughs> what are you trying to achieve a uh, question. yeah yeah and uh and so they tell me a bit what i i what i do before i start working with them i insist on having a you know a conversation you know where you know i find out a lot more about what's really driving them as a business what they what literally what they're trying to achieve but a lot more sort of sub questions around mm. that if you like just to get a sense of the the character and things. so i, I suppose i pride myself in in taking a bit of time to do that you know and and do that and then and then playing back what they have said to me um but talking to them in that terms and how that relates to what people might be interested in because yeah. and the, you have to take it on certain pretext one is i will never know their market as well as they know their market mm-hmm. but you know, I think as somebody who's writing thought leadership, I do know something about the psychology of, of buying or interest and maintaining sort of interest. And so I ask them a lot of questions around, you know, the technical side of what their buyers are interested in, but also the, the psychology about what what makes, you know, give me examples of why they why they bought in that situation, but not in that situation. From that, you know, then I'm picking out interesting themes. And I'm saying, well, look, you know, if we're, if we're going to talk about something it seems to me that you know and, and it may you know and it may be something like we know that there's a change in legislation coming up you know in three months time yeah. you know, that's going to affect their industry so you so one sort of obvious thing is you want to be writing something around that because it's something that their buyers are thinking about right now yeah um or it may be a fundamental change in the landscape in some other way you know COVID is the obvious example mm. it's like you know how you know, you don't get much more fundamental than that you know and, and 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 so you and so you you actually are are presenting it more as a guide to sort of help our buyers through a particular yeah. you know sort of set of situations whatever it is you you start with the business first and then you think about how the content can best support that it's it's not I, I would never go into. So I kind of listen quite a lot to start with. You know, I'm talking quite a lot at the moment, but I listen. Well, You are the guest. So yeah, that's well, good. I, I, yeah, well, I suppose so. Yeah, and and um, and, and um, But I spend most of my time listening and, yeah. uh, and and listening very carefully, and then saying how I heard something, how I received something, and um, which in itself creates a value for them. But then obviously they want they want something around that in terms of if I'm producing a, a thought leadership paper. I will suggest ideas that I think that might resonate with their audience as I understand at the moment. And then we refine it and then I get on with writing it. Sometimes with bigger businesses than the one I just described they've already got a sort of big marketing team and they might want content support in, in other ways. They may just literally say, we know what we want and this is what we want. And, and can you just write it for us? So and yeah. the role is much narrower in that case. That but the happens,
0: more interesting yeah. one must be those small organizations that need the strategy and the help and the consultancy yeah. as well. There's, isn't
1: there's it? a bunch in the middle, which, you know, to, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, have a budget to do it. Yeah. Um, um, but, um, also, they're not so big that you can't feel you're you're not having an influence or don't have the access to the people you know, who founded the business or or, or are driving the business in some way. So, Trevor, where does collaboration fit with thought leadership? Yeah, I I, I love it when people get in a room together and collaborate. And, and if you think about what's happened in the pandemic, for example, people have had to, for example, lead in a very different way. Mm. You know, you've had a whole bunch of people who suddenly out of nowhere have had to sort of. Uh, be at home and and the leaders in those situations leaders and managers you know have had to adopt a different style of leadership in many cases where you know they see you know uh, someone struggling you know with the kids in the you know the kids are Mm -hmm. (laughs) wandering around in the background or something's going wrong or they've uh you know it's 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 just like a whole variety of things where you suddenly get a more of a a personal insight into people's into people's lives leaders have had to changed they've had to be more collaborative initially through an online medium mm. um, in order to 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 continue to work together and I think what's happened um as a result of that is that this has a knock-on effect for things like thought leadership not only thought leadership where the teams have to have you know uh, have some you know if you're going to get people's thoughts and ideas out of them in a virtual online forum you've actually you've actually got to be a bit more deliberate about mm. it. And so, I mean, technology, of course, has really helped the quality of, of collaboration within companies. And, you know, uh, it also, um, you know, has also the, the, the march of technology, I think, in some ways, particularly in very big businesses, have actually aided finding and locating expertise within a business. And um, I, I, uh, if you're okay we me to give you a quick example on this. I, Please. I... I um, I was once working with a uh, a, um, a major credit card provider. I will call them that in the UK, and they had the there were some floods a couple of years back, and they um, they were looking um, for solutions in terms of you know floods affecting things. They were they were an insurer. Uh, uh, somebody low down in the organisation who was kind of receiving a lot of these calls from people who were really worried—you know, their house had just been flooded and and they didn't know what to do—had um, an idea around um, around we've got all the all the the postcodes of all these people who are affected by the the floods. Why don't we um, write a preemptive letter uh, or send them a preemptive email and um, and just not preemptive in the sense that they hadn't been affected, but an early one. Mm-hmm. Um, saying, look, we know you're struggling at the moment and you're an area, you know, we're going to uh, say, you know, we're going to, you know, um, create extra credit time and extend credit lines to you so you can actually make sure you're able to repair your houses in, in time and favourable terms. And and I don't know the exact details of that. Anyway, he, because of technology and because of the collaborative sort of mindset that was already in the business, he was able to percolate this up, you know, within the business and, and within a, you know a few hours you know he had he, he'd put it on their online platform the CEO had said there's a great idea here the finance director you know wasn't quite sure was asking how much it would cost the HR director sorry to stereotype it the HR director was saying that's fantastic you know how do we mobilize the people in the uh, in, in the business to do this and then they said come and present your ideas you know um and and of course his first reaction was oh my god, <laughs> yeah, they wanted yeah. to present the ideas, and then his second thing was that oh well, who do I know in the business, you know who might be able to help. So this was an, a UK business, but it had a, an American parent company. He, he kind of on the online platform, and, you know, collaborative platform. He sourced a whole bunch of ideas, got in some expertise from America, where I think in Mississippi they'd had something very similar, mm-hmm. you know, in recent years. And he was able to cobble together a sort of best practice, if you like, you know, from within the business, which he never would have been able to do um, before. So collaboration, if you like, can percolate up you know and towards sort of thought leadership and also action you know within yeah. a business they put a cut a long story short they put it together a working group on this got the letters out or the emails out and actually you know uh my understanding is that their customer credit scores amongst those 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 um amongst those postcodes sort of shot up yeah. and so they were they they sort of they they did the right thing and this this guy's profile you know rose within the business so 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 it was good for him good for everybody else and so once people see that of course in the business they start to think well i've got a great idea too and yeah um, definitely and, and creates that work.
0: environment doesn't it and that culture definitely. i think
1: collaboration is really important in this and it's it's actually the it's the friend of of thought leadership it's not um there's a certain fear around if you have too many people in the room are you going to come up with 100 different views and actually i think if you're skilled in the way you filter those views down if you like um and uh, uh similar views then actually you do get a much better outcome
0: Perfect. So it's been good to talk to you about content and thought leadership, but you're also very passionate and write quite often about having strong values and integrity. Where do you think values come from? And what would you say it means to have integrity in both business and in life? Quite a deep and
1: meaningful question (laughs) for you there, Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) Crikey, yes. Uh, I mean, I I do. I do. um, You know, I'm not when I say I have strong values, and integrity. You read this sometimes and you think, you know, well, how do I know if he's got strong values? And I, I, I kind of, know, that. yeah, 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 exa- exactly. And, and, you know, and, and I, I'm sort of often think about the, I don't know if you've heard the sort of, I think it's a Groucho Marx line, sort of like, I've got, I've got principles and if you don't like my principles, I've got some other principles and, yeah. um, and, and, and too much of that, I think is, is kind of pseudo, you know, principles, if you like. And, and, and but what I mean by it is is that um you, you, really have um there's a there's a quote by Benjamin Franklin which is I think it says Gla- glass China reputation are easily cracked and never easily mended sorry if I've misquoted you um on, I misquoted on that one and to me the values are important because because if these days if your values aren't solid and genuinely how you feel about something you know eventually you will get found out I think mm-hmm. as a business or as an individual um, because you will present this front to the world and people are far more critical now and they can actually see sort of deeper inside your business through things like Glassdoor as to whether your your values are truly your values they've got to be not just stated values as they are you know in so many cases but actually lived values and I think that's how you separate out the sort of the kind of uh, the good businesses from the bad businesses in a, in a value sense. That's what I mean by values. Does that make sense? Though? Yeah, no, it does. And yeah. I'm
0: with you. I think, you know, there's too many big businesses and small businesses that, you know, come up with. A set of words that they say are their values, you know. They're often the
1: same. If you you compare them across, they're they're often honesty, integrity, (laughs) passion, you know, and
0: you can see them. But actually, what I love to see is businesses that have really stopped and thought and engaged with their organization, their team, and maybe even their customers and suppliers, and said what truly represents us. And then you get some kind of quirky words sometimes. And and usually you find those businesses. Are the businesses that really do live and breathe yeah. and reward yeah. and there's consequences for not behaving in yeah. that way and to me that's what value should represent is there should be rewards and consequences that go
1: with them i i think i think that's absolutely right and i uh, i mean you, you're seeing um uh, chickens coming home to roost um i think uh, in some of those businesses that maybe had a status set of values pre pre-pandemic and mm. um and, and people, you know, they all pull together, you know, you know, pulling together in adversity. Now we're in the UK, at least, you know, starting to move a bit beyond that. And you're seeing a, you know, sort of a massive turnover in some businesses and some businesses are losing a lot of people and some businesses aren't really losing any people at all. Mm-hmm. And although I haven't done the thought leadership paper on this, you know, I would I would bet anything that it, a lot of it has to do with did they live up to their values when the chips yeah. were down you know and yeah. and and i you know and i'm and i and i'm just waiting to either read or maybe even write the, the, the paper that the, the, that actually looks into that you know i yeah. I've, I've got one other thing if i can say something on this is that I, I and i'm not i'm this is not a political point at all but i think there has been this a lot of the thing about values for me has to do with an integrity has to do with what i sort of see as an erosion of the truth i think mm. you know and um that that you know certain situations in politics shall we say where where actually people are just plainly and openly sort of saying things that aren't aren't true and and i think that just it doesn't matter so much in terms of the individual it matters of course that they that they're not they're not telling the truth but what it's doing is it's nibbling away at the 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 moral base if you like Mm. of 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 and it affects my world of content because because people don't know what to believe or what to what to trust you know these days and and i feel i feel very strongly about that so i suppose that's that's a value as well yeah
0: well that's true actually i hadn't really thought about that Have you? when people mistrust you know governments or large corporates or communications or the media in general because i think there's a lot of mistrust of the media right now isn't there yeah then organizations that are putting out content and thought leadership pieces as well as you say yourself really need to stop and think about how is this going to be received and is there going to be a skepticism in it and how do we overcome that so it is seen with the meaning and it's and it's in true intentions
1: yeah i'll totally i mean there's, there's a i forget who it was now but there's some nineteenth-century guy who said, uh, "I know Albert Hubbard. That's who it was." Um, yeah. Many a man's reputation would not know his character if he met it on the street, and uh, and I and I, I that's always stay with me that quote because mm. um, because that that goes to the heart of, of values, if you like, is that your values are only your values if they're if they're lived, you know, if they're, yeah, if they're genuinely felt and acted upon.
0: That is a great quote, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. I suppose all of this comes down to. Uh, authenticity doesn't it and yeah. you know I, su- I suppose that is what we've just been talking about is you know what is authenticity and mm. and and having content and sh-
1: behaving in a way that's authentic anything yeah. else
0: you'd add around that
1: um around authenticity um yeah. i mean if we take it back to the sort of like the business content uh sense um i i do try and spend some time with my clients also yeah, making Sure that when they say they say something like as many businesses do, you say to them things like you know who are your you know who are your competitors and they will say something like we don't really have any real competitors because our product is so unique and um, and that's a sort of often thing and I'm saying do you really mean that you know and and I'll sort of probe them away a, a because that's often the stuff they say they say our product is so is so unique actually many people's products are a kind of a bit unique you know and but but there are sort of large overlaps and and that they that I, I feel that, you know, you could very few people can say um, our product or our service is completely unique, but they can say we do it in a better way. And we, mm. you know, and we, we do that. And but they have to live up to that. And that's that's business authenticity. If they've got something that they say they do differently and that could be, you know, the price or it could be the, the, the mode of delivery or, or whatever. Um, but it's got to be something that they, they they actually genuinely live up to. That's the only other thing I'd add on that.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I, I think, you know, we, it's, it's about living up to everything, isn't it? I think that that, that sums up from a personal and a business perspective is yeah. do what you say you're going to do and, and deliver on what you say you are. Um, and that, you know, successful organizations do very well, doesn't it? And other organizations don't do that and may succeed in, in the moment and look like they're succeeding mm. in a spectacular way, but also often, quite often fail in such a spectacular fashion as well.
1: Yeah. I mean the old the the text from I mean it's a little bit older now, but the good to great text, you know, yeah, from yeah, business text. I mean I mean there, there's there's some there's some real truth in that about the longevity of certain businesses and what is it that they have that's a bit different. And yeah, values really come in very strongly to that. And the times may change and the situation, the circumstances, but it's about that kind of DNA, if you like. Definitely,
0: definitely. And you've actually written three high profile business books yourself. So quite
1: a while ago now. But but yes, I'm, I'm going to go back and, and, and write a few more now because the kids are the kids are heading off to university now one by one. And, uh, and okay. I, I never had time for the last sort of 20 years, but I, I'm going to I'm getting back to it now. So I'm, I'm starting to write a lot more of my own stuff as well as other people's stuff. So, yeah. And um, so there'll be uh, there's a, it, it's coming your way, yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: So uh, what I was going to ask you is, obviously, you you've written books on business, but is there any particular books on business and leadership that you've been moved and inspired by? You Good to Great is one you've just mentioned, but yeah. any others?
1: Well, I, I, I I've, um, the thing is, of course, I, I, I have actually got them with me. This is no good for, yeah, you know, in terms of a podcast thing, <laughs> so because people can't see it, but I'm going to show them to, to to you at least, Warren, and uh, yeah, everyone else. The first one is this one. Okay. Um, I have to stop worrying and uh, start living by Dale Carnegie very old very old book now yeah um, but it came at a certain time in my life where I uh, I was worrying about everything and okay. uh, and I really and, it, and the worry becomes it not only sort of mentally affects you but it physically affects you and um, some of the stuff that I read in the early book about how it affects people in terms of uh, you know stress and the effect that that actually has on the trauma on your body and stuff like mm. that just scared the life out of me and I, it made me just reading the first chapter made me realize that I had to do something about it and the so, so that's, a, that's a that's a wonderful book which I'd recommend to anybody it, it reads in a very sort of American folksy way and yeah. um but but I love it and I love it probably more than the you know, how to win friends and influence People, which is the more famous book that he's yeah. he's, he's he's written um, but to me that changed my life because it kind of limited it sorry it took off the limits um of, of my own sort of thinking you know i mean yeah. we all worry about things of course we do Definitely. but 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 it's it kind of gave me a little bit of a framework for for dealing with it second book okay yeah. is um by uh it's called create space um, okay haven't great, heard of that Derek Draper um uh better known um you know uh, sadly actually as the as as the husband of you know Kate Garraway, the tv presenter yes yeah so he's the guy who caught Covid yeah and he's a, a friend of mine he wrote this this book and just one you know um before before all of that happened and it's just a beautifully written book and and I was delighted to be I I didn't I didn't write this he wrote this Um, but but he showed me an early copy of it and and I I was really you know now now thinking about it I I feel very privileged to you know sort of known him and so that but he the whole premise of this book summed up with one line that he wrote he said we have become the first generation in 1000 generations of human beings who rather than having the need to fill space have the need to create it and so it's all about um creating space in your life you know the the concept of space not just by better diary management but also it's in in the mind as well about about wow. how you sort of do that and focus on things you'll see a productivity bent on here because the final book is um hyper focus by chris bailey i've only just started i'm still reading this one okay um, and but it's and,
0: already having a profound effect is it well
1: <laughs> i don't know yet i mean but but, <laughs> but 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 this is this is very promising because um because it's just basically talking about work. There's different types of work. There's there's purposeful work, you know, and we all like to think we'd like to be doing purposeful work all the time, but there's the also the necessary work that we find a bit of a chore, but yeah. we know we've got to get done. And then all the other things around distractions. And you know, earlier on in this conversation we talked a little bit about social media. I can be a little bit of a victim of that sometimes. Mm, and and so help. yeah, and, and so I have to sort of and it's talking about smart tactics and tips for dragging yourself back. You know without feeling like it's an effort, you know, to to go back to you know the the, the sort of necessary but maybe slightly dull stuff. Yeah. So um so those are those are three. That's, Is that enough? three good <laughs> recommendations. Yeah definitely. Yeah. I've only read one of them as well. So I'm gonna go and read the
0: last book two and three. Yeah. and go and look up and read myself. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose that leads on just to as we start to wrap up some final questions. Right now, what hard thing are you not doing enough of? What thing would you challenge yourself to do more?
1: Okay. Um, when you do what I do, um, you have a you have a business, and it's a consultancy now, and um, and I have people coming in, dipping in, dipping out, and helping and supporting around the business, and and it's got me to a certain level. I think what I'm not doing enough of is yeah, on a personal basis is that sometimes i i feel like i need to think bigger you know i need yeah. to it's about scaling time scaling the team and i'm starting to do that now but it's it's a bit patchy and i sort of take two steps forward and i take one step back and i take two steps forward and i take one step back and in terms of scaling you know the 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 the, the team and the resources that go around that team i think i need to be a bit braver than i have been yeah. um to this point because i i could carry on making a very comfortable you know an enjoyable purposeful living in what i what i do but i think i could do more i think i could scale up more and i could do it without losing any of the quality but i just have to i think in terms of doing a bit more of i think i just need to be a bit braver sometimes in in doing that so that's yeah. my big thing for 2022
0: in fact. wow that is a big thing good luck yeah. with that thank definitely. you <laughs> and and, and... <laughs> Two of those books will certainly help you with that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 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 um And in terms of you know, you've led that corporate life. You've you've started your own business. Yeah. What effect has running your own business had on your own personal family life? You talk now about the kids being off at going to university one by one, but yeah. What have been some of the benefits and disadvantages that you've seen?
1: I um. When I started, because uh, I had a long debate with my wife about whether this was a good idea, and, um, and I said something along the lines of, um, and this is no disrespect to anybody I've worked with in the past, but at that moment I said, I'm fed up with working for idiots. And yeah. she said, that's it, you want to be the idiot. And <laughs> and, uh, and 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 I sort of went. Uh, no, that's not quite what I meant. But um, but I could I could see it. So so and in a way, at the start, I was worrying whether I would be the idiot. You know, yeah. whether I'd be the person who would be like running around, sort of working for decreasingly small amounts of of of, of money, sort of desperately, you know, begging people for work yeah. and so on. And I thought, you know, um, you know, she said she said, do it for six months. See whether you like it. And um and so I I did it six months, you know, and I not only had the roof not fallen in and we weren't sort of getting behind with the bailiffs or anything like that, yeah. things were going okay. And I was getting some work in. And uh and and so that dynamic, you know, was, you know, if you rate it back to that book around worry, you know, the Dale Carnegie book, mm. you know, I that was the time when I first started to overcome it, I think. And and so you 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 stop worrying you start living and you start to think about you know how can we improve on this and it becomes and and the 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 downside you know i mean you'll you'll know this warren as well that 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 you have a huge amount of freedom but you have freedom sometimes to be working 18 hours a day or to be you know or to screw it up basically and you know because you can't turn around and say it's his fault or it's her fault you know it's your fault
0: and you're controlling your own destiny in your yeah, own time, yeah, aren't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And even as you sort of start to grow, it's still it still is being driven by you. And mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're and you're um and you're developing it until you reach the point where the organization just, you know, I haven't got to that point yet, where where things will just carry on, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because everybody's got the genesis of what what the business is trying to do, what the purpose is. So I mean, I now do mentoring for um for people who are starting up their own business yes. i work through a business called 1080 who uh, when people are being outplaced as the as the current term has it you know sort of i um i i sometimes get involved when those people say actually i wouldn't mind starting up a business because you know i i've been in that position where i've been starting something up and those initial thoughts and and steps that people take I think are really important and and um, probably not quite what they think you know in terms yeah. of what you have to what you should be worried about and what you shouldn't be worried about you know so so i try and help people that way Brilliant.
0: that must be really meaningful and, and really rewarding to do that
1: it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun and, and if i if i I've, i had a a client um you know who came back to me just on friday who'd started up a a business and and she was she then sent me a, a a message about how she'd been advertising at this trade show and you know she's got the business going and people are taking interest in it now and so on and i'm and the feeling that that gave me was just incredible you know so mm-hmm. you know i mean i'm i'm, I'm so i'm 10 years nearly 10 years so I'm long in the tooth now on, on entrepreneurs you know many of many of us don't, don't survive more than two years so i feel quite yeah. proud to have got this far and and also very happy and proud to be to be helping people make their first little baby steps as well so Fantastic.
0: So, Trevor, if people want to find out more information about you and about Maryborn Media, where can they go?
1: Well, um, they, they, there's a there's a few sort of little avenues that they can take. Um, there's Meriborn Media, so that's M-E-R-R-I-B-O-R-N Media, or one word. dot co. dot uk. Uh, or I'm on Trevor Meriden, um, That's M-E-R-R-I-D-E-N, um, uh, on on Twitter. Or you'll find me on LinkedIn if you just type in. Um, I've done a new Uh, paper on thought leadership and I think if you typed the new thought leadership revolution into google you'd you'd find it by various means I think so brilliant
0: Trevor it's been great to have you on the evolve to succeed podcast I've really enjoyed our conversation around thought leadership and and content and and that that meaningful side of things but also on our conversation around values and authenticity so thank you for being a great guest on the evolve to succeed podcast
1: and thank you for the opportunity it's been uh, it's been fantastic
0: Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to EvolveMembers.com.